Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. How's everyone doing today? Getting close to championship weekend here. And kind of a two-parter as always. I wanted to just kind of touch on what I wrote about this week. And I also want to go through some more Steeler offensive passing stats from the year too. And something else I'm going to work on. I'll, you know, it's, uh, I'll keep that to myself for now. But anyway, so... If you go check out the article, and a lot of you have, and a lot of you guys have written me nice notes, I appreciate it. I touch on three things to, to start addressing. And yes, it'd be nice to have an offense coordinator in place and all those things, but I don't think these necessarily matter. Is I would pick up the fifth-year option on Najee Harris without hesitation. And frankly, with the way the league works, the newest CBA, fifth-year options aren't picked up as much as you think. I mean, it's not a very high percentage. But it's based off of performance, playing time, Pro Bowls, and the position you play. And that's the beauty of it is for Harris, it would only be a $6.6 million guaranteed deal, you know, for a year from now. You'd have him this year, his fourth year, and then you'd have him for that fifth year at 6.6. That's worth it. And then maybe send him on his way. You can even franchise him after that if need be, if he's a superstar by chance. But I think you get five quality years out of him with the last one being 6.6 million. As much as he's used, that's a value. So I think that's an easy one. The other one I've wanted to, you know, bring up is I think you start talking extensions with Pat Fryermuth, um, coming off a down year. I think he's somebody you want to keep here. You know, he's, he is in Harris's same class, but he doesn't have that fifth year option availability because he's a second round pick. So I think maybe you could get him 90 cents, 85 cents on the dollar, extend him while you have the cash, and frankly, incorporate him quite a bit in your offensive coordinator hiring. I'm not saying you ask Fryermuth who he wants to hire, but I would make that a big conversation piece when you sit down with this coordinator. Hey, how can we improve the quarterback position? You know, How can we make Kenny better, whomever, et cetera? But hey, we need to get Fryermuth back involved in this offense as a third weapon. You know, defense coordinators always talk about how when you play against a team that has two weapons, it's challenging, but it's not overwhelming. When they have three, ugh, I, I just can't mathematically handle it. You know, and I'm not saying Fryermuth is Kelsey, but he's a good player that's been underused. I think you could still get it is a good time of his career. He's not even 26 yet, and. History shows tight ends start to do their best work around age 27. And then the last thing I want to talk to, touch on from the article is offensive line. Instead of cutting Chooks, I bet you can get a pick for him. He would not be all that obtrusive for a new team in terms of contract-wise. I don't know what's going on with him and the Steelers, but it seems like that bridge has been burned. So instead of cutting him, I think you could turn him into a better pick than you got for Kendrick Green or Dotson. Maybe even a fourth. I'm thinking possibly a fifth. Starting right tackles don't grow on trees, and he's one of the best 32, and he's not super expensive. Now, I think we'll all agree that left tackle, but especially center, is the worst position on the team. And Jones may go to the left. Who knows? Probably will. But center... I think that absolutely needs to be addressed. But there's a lot of talk that Siamalu could do it. I think you leave him at left guard. But Daniels has done it quite a bit. So I only throw that out there because instead of going hunting 
for a center only. If you ha- if a great deal or draft pick shows up for a guard and you have a conversation with Daniels, do you want to are you comfortable going back to center, something he did a lot in college and a lot with the Bears? Just gives you another option to you know to put that puzzle together. So I just wanted to throw those out there. Um, frankly, I think Dan Moore might even be best at guard, but ideally I think he's your sixth guy. So there's that. Folks, with the NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to second odds, news, scores. Uh, with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BLEAVE, B L E A V, all caps, all one word, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Speaking of Fryermuth, he was in 11 regular season games and the playoff matchup. In 10 of those 11 games, he had 44 receiving yards or less. It's kind of criminal. I mean, I know some of them he wasn't 100%, but what player in the NFL played every game 100% this year? And the other two, he had 196 yards in just those two games. I mean, it was the Bengals game and the playoff game, most recent. 19 of Friar Moose's 55 total targets came in two games. So he's capable. We've seen it. I think you need to expand that dramatically. So his average depth of target was 6.5 yards compared to 5.1 for Connor Hayward and 1.4 for Darnell Washington. So... You add up all Darnell Washington's targets, which aren't many. He, at, on average, is getting the football just 1.4 yards downfield. That, that's got to change, too. I'm not saying he's a seam stretcher, but it's got to be more than just turn around. As for yards per target, Fryermuth was at 6.8. Washington's at 6.1, despite being targeted that close to the line of scrimmage. And Hayward's at 4.9. In yards after the catch per reception, this is where it kicks in for Washington. Washington averaged 7.4 yards per catch per reception. Granted, super small sample size. Didn't get many targets. But that's a, a massive number. Friar Moose at 4.7. Hayward's at 4.5. Which is fine for both those guys. But Washington has some after the catch stuff here. You know, just be aware. Fryermuth was targeted 47 times during the regular season. Of the 28 tight ends with at least that many targets around the league, his average depth of target was 17th. His targets per route run and yards per route run were 25th out of 28. His yards per reception was 23rd. And his yards after the catch per reception was 15th. That was the best of any of them, his yards after the catch per reception. Not a good year, but I don't... Blame him entirely. I think the scheme had a lot to do with it, especially how he was used early in the season. Um, end zone targets. Deontay had seven. Pickens and Fryermuth had five. Those were the leaders for the team. Najee and Warren combined to catch 90 passes for 540 yards. It's a pretty big number. 
Warren received a 28% targets per route run share, which was the third highest of all NFL running backs with at least 250 snaps. So when he's going out for route, he's getting the ball. Of all running backs with at least 50 targets, Warren's team target share was the fifth highest in the league, and his targets per route run was fourth. His yards per route run was fifth. Anyway, he cut it. He was one of the best receiving backs in all of football last year. And along with guys like Christian McCaffrey, who never left the field. You know what I mean? I mean, the fact that he's out there as small amount as he is, first off, he gets used when he's out there in the passing game. But imagine what his numbers would be if he had a 70% snap share. You know what I mean? Um, this might shock you. The Steelers only allowed 2.1 sacks per game. Only seven offenses were better. As we talked about, though, they were also a very run-heavy team. They didn't drop back as many as, as often as some teams, but still, they were playing from behind in a lot of games, and only seven offenses allowed you know fewer sacks per game. The Steelers created 51 pass plays of 21 of 20 or more yards. That was better than only five offenses. Not good. But the Steelers did run, have 15 run plays of 20 or more yards, which was fifth best in the league. So I'm sure that surprises you. They were in f- phenomenal with explosives on the ground, horrible through the air. Uh, the Steelers faced man coverage on 20% of their passing plays. Only five offenses saw man, man coverage at a lower percentage. So Steelers' opponents decided to play them collectively a lot of zone, which isn't uncommon for young quarterbacks. And, you know, just don't get beat over the top, take away the run, that type of thing. So that's what we got for today. Hope everyone had fun. We will get back to you tomorrow. I'm going to pick those games, talk some more Steelers, of course, over and out.